right, Jeanette Jiffkins from Onyx Legal and today I want you to be thinking about the future. So you may or may not be aware, we have five weeks till Christmas. Um, so if you're planning on getting anything done before Christmas, you should have actioned it by now. And if not, I highly recommend you action it ASAP because otherwise it will not happen before Christmas. There are so many businesses that shut down over Christmas and January is traditionally quite quiet. So if there are things that you want done, I highly recommend that you communicate with any of the people you want to work with now and either timetable things in to be able to happen before Christmas or to happen after Christmas. Um, I encourage people to schedule things in January because it is quiet. You do have more headspace. It helps you to get a lot of the planning done that you need to get done. So from a legal perspective, what I want you to think about is your business continuity. How many people in the room are operating a sole business? Lots of you. Okay. How many of you have a bullet point list of what is going to happen if something happens to you and you can't keep running your business? Two, three, four. Excellent. This is what I want to maybe, Andy. <laughs> what I want you to think about is if something happened to you tomorrow where you can't work for six months, what's going to happen to your business? Who is going to keep things running whilst you're away? How are you going to continue to get income? Who is going to be given control? What are all the functions that you do by yourself without other people's help? And how can you delegate them immediately? Who are your resources? Do you know who can support you in those areas? And if something happened to you tomorrow, who is it close to you who is going to make those things happen? Do they even know you've got them in mind? Because that's a big key thing. There's plenty of people out there who've gone and from a personal perspective, got powers of attorney or something like that in place. And they have told their powers of attorney what they require of them. They've given them copies of documents. If you haven't done that, that's the personal side of your life. You still need to do that. So you should have a will and you should have some powers of attorney in place so that if anything happens to you, the powers of attorneys are if you are incapacitated. The will is if you pass away. Um, and that looks after your personal side of things. But your business side of things, you effectively need what is like a will for your business. Who's going to take it over? What are they going to do? What's important? Is there something of value that can be sold? What are all of those things? Now, if you take a step back, if there's anyone who has a business plan, look at your business plan. Look at what you have determined is important in that business plan and what the future of your business is. Now take yourself out of the business and say, okay, how does that business plan work without me? And think about how that can be actioned quickly and who needs to know. So it doesn't, what I want to really sort of focus on here is it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, if you've got, if you've systematized your business and you've got an operations manual and everything, that's fantastic. That's easy to hand over to someone. If you don't, what are the, what's the bare minimum that you can document and who is the key person that you can nominate to manage that? And who is the secondary key person? 
okay? Um, if something happened to you and you couldn't work for six months, you need something to come back to in six months when you can work again. So how do you create that and how do you set that up? Um, loads and loads of people are not prepared for those circumstances. Um, and the biggest thing that we see is when people get hit by surprises in these areas. So for example, um, we had a client not long ago where it was two people in business, everything was happening. One of them suddenly turned around and said, I don't want to play anymore. I want out, I want out tomorrow, and I want you to pay me. So they run a service-based business. So they do events coordination. They were in the middle of a number of projects and this person literally got up and said, I'm out of here and walked out of the business. And they didn't have any sort of agreement between them in writing as to how that was supposed to end and how it would be wrapped up. And as a consequence, this person walked out and then they had to try and figure out how to solve the problem whilst also trying to restructure a business so it could be run by one person instead of two. Okay, don't put yourself in that situation, particularly, you know, as a sole trader, you need to know who you can, who your fallback is, who you can rely on. In our industry, in the legal industry, the Law Society has a list of locums and a locum is someone who can come in at a cost to your business and keep it running for a period of time whilst you are not available. Um, so it's, you know, what, what's your fallback? What's your safety net? Um, and if you are going to, for example, working with a locum, we need to understand what the context of those agreements is. Who are the sort of top three people we would have in mind? Um, what kind of cost that would be? Whether we have insurance that would cover that cost um, and how we could engage them very quickly. So there are some things you need to think about and document put somewhere and have someone who can action it and who knows that you're going to call on them to action it or that a family member of yours is going to call on them to action it if something happens to you so that's what I wanted you thinking about now because you're going to have this quiet period in January so you've got five weeks to ruminate and consider all the important things and start making some notes. And then in January, allow yourself some time to actually document this in some form and communicate with the person who's going to take over if you need them to. All right. Questions? Dave. Just there you go, Dave. Yeah, that word locum is new to me. How do you spell that? L-O-C-U-M. Thank you. It's um, it's sort of uh, more. I know it's used in the legal profession, but it's also used in the medical profession as well. Like a reserve takeover person when someone's away. Yeah. Thank you. Anna. Anna. Sorry, the connection is a bit uh, unstable. Um, thanks, Jeanette. Um, my question is, because I've talked to uh, a coach that I know and I talked, asked her if she would be my proxy when something happened to me. The question is, do we just 
set up something that we both agree on or do we need to have it legally looked over and confirmed by a lawyer or by someone more authorized in that uh, context? Okay, so there are two schools of thought. One, um, I'm still here. Can you hear us? Yep. Okay, yeah. there's, okay, so there's two schools of thought here. Um, there are some people who are very concerned about getting it legally documented so it's enforceable and all of that sort of thing. Um, an agreement does not need to be documented by a lawyer to be enforceable. Okay, it can still be enforceable if it's bullet points written down and agreed between the two of you. The main thing that I say to people about maintaining contracts and the enforceability of contracts is maintaining your relationship. So document with this person what you're prepared to do, what you're both agreeing on, but then check in every three months or six months or something and make sure you're still agreeable and tweak any changes. But you don't necessarily have to have it legally reviewed and written up. And I know I'm doing myself out of work in saying that, but it's true. You know, what you're doing is you're creating a relationship um, and you're just documenting it so that it's clear for everyone. And if you keep revisiting it every six months or so, then what happens is you refine it and you get a better idea. Um, and it makes more sense. And little things that come up in the meantime, you think about and you go, oh, okay, maybe I should implement that. An example I'll give, um, not from a legal perspective, but more a practical perspective, is that we have always aimed to operate paperless and cloud-based. So we trialed that back in 2016. We went overseas for a month to see how that worked. And things, you know, thing, problems happened. So as a result, we tweaked some operations in the business and we tried again in 2018 and went overseas for a month. Um, 2018 worked a lot better and it was a lot smoother, but there were still some issues and we tweaked them. So when 2020 came along and we got COVID and everybody had to work from home, it was actually an incredibly smooth transition for us. So it was not one of those things that you know, you set and forget. It's one of those things where you keep revisiting and testing it just a little bit. Um, and if you meet with this person every six months and do that, then you'll refine it. And it'll also be very easy to do the transition if you ever need to. Excellent. And Jason, did you have a question before? Oh, look, I, I did. I was just going to turn around and say, Jeanette, give me a break. What on earth does ruminate me? I'll think. Consider. Uh, Sorry. That's all right. Jason doesn't need to know that. <laughs> oh, you said ruminate. What the hell's ruminate? I read a lot. That's like pythons. They don't uh, hibernate. They usually find a place inside your roof or walls, and so they ruminate. <laughs> no, that's not right. <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't a, a roommate? No, Jason. No. Yes. It's also poetry flavored ice cream. Thank you.